Also, Maddie, there are four more chairs for you to break. Woohoo! As per your demands. Please. As per my demands. You have to break at least one. No, you don't. <laughs> you really don't. Every time you're in Henry's apartment, break a chair and say Hava Nagila. Hava Nagila. Hava Nagila. Hava I just screamed last time instead. <laughs> it was funny. I thought that was Hava Nagila enough. That's Hava Nagila for me. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name is John. And together we're Henry and John. And this week, we've got a special guest! What? Woo! Who? Who? Why, it's our friend! No, I said, I said, woo! Oh. Not who. I thought this was a who's on first kind of situation. It's Maddie! Oh! Prepared witty one-liner! You did it! It's I a, did. It's exactly what we asked. I literally did it. Yes, yes, due to popular fan... What do they call that? Demand? Demand. Oh, was it popular fan demand? Oh, yes. There were, of of the, the guests we've had on the show, you were the most requested to come back. They were kidding. They were clamoring. Clamoring. Chomping at the bit. Champing, if you will. Champing. <laughs> Champing. I tell, I tell you, champagne? champagne at the bit. There was champagne at the bit. And the bit never ends on this show. It's true. Do we Schumacher it or? What is that? I'm just kidding. Schumachering the champagne is like a sad thing. Oh. Yeah. What, what is that? Um, it's, uh, it comes from racing. Oh, like F1 racing? Like... Yes. And then at the end, the loser actually pops the champagne and sprays it all over the crowd. Um, and that was started by the driver. His last name was Schumacher. But it's kind of like when you Schumacher the champagne, you're popping it open and spraying it all over everybody, but it's kind of like a self-pity thing. Oh, no. Like, you're you're basically wallowing in, like, your self-loathing. So it's like, I've lost. I've got the champagne. I might as well drench a crowd to make myself feel better. Yeah, let me... Hold on, like, let's see if Google describes it better. I mean, that's why the losing team dumps Gatorade on their coach. That's not how that works. Because they might as well. No, they, they, they... What they do dump is just a whole tub of, of Icy Hot it's, on their coach. It's to punish the coach yeah. for what he's done. I don't know why, but I have no data for which to load this. Do you need the Wi-Fi password? Yes. All right, so look for Norman Day SR1. Norman Day SR1. Yes. Anyway, that's SR2. No, SR1. SR2 is also me, but I don't use that frequency. Here you go. That way you don't have to say it. And the password is Commander Shepard. <laughs> Nerd. Oh no! Ah, loser! Oh, oh God, I've I've ruined your phone. No, you. No, I, I didn't. I okay, didn't. I was like, I don't think you did. And it's I all one word fine. without any spaces. Can you have spaces in a what is it? WEP? WPA two? I don't know what this is. I forget. I set it up like a long time ago. I hope that worked. It's still authenticating. I had uh, someone come over to my apartment in my old apartment. It just says saved. Is that good? It's not letting me connect. Nice. I was trying to get... uh, It's authenticating again. I was trying to get Wi-Fi set up in my old apartment. And the person setting it up went on WPA2, I think. And he kept saying, Weepa2. Weepa2. He's like, we got you set up with uh, Weepa2. Here's your Weepa2 password. Is it still not working? Mm Mm-mm. Oh. I might have 
type the password wrong. Your keyboard's very slick. Oh, nice. Is it good? Like a yeah. good keyboard? I'm just not used to it. I mm. have show password, so now you can see. Now I can correct. see. Now the entire audience can see what his password is. Ah! But I already told them what it was. Now oh. they can come to your house and get free Wi-Fi. They you can do look. This to yourself. It's obtaining look. an IP address. IP address. Oh, all right. Yeah, I was I was confused. So, John. Yes. What are we doing? What are we doing? Maddie walked away. It's true. She walked away from the podcast. I'm just getting more beer. Oh, there's the secret. Oh, the secret is beer. The secret's out. We're drinking beer for this podcast. Also, I feel remiss because... Also for every podcast. You haven't brought up what day it is. What day is it? Let me think. Let me let me count the ways, or it's count the days, birthday. rather. Shut up. It's... What is it? September 29th. Nope. August. It's your birthday. Yay! Yes, it is. How old are you today? I don't want to tell them that. How old were you yesterday? I don't want to tell them that either. Oh, deductive reasoning. <laughs> they could probably figure that out. Yeah, I, it's a little more than deductive reasoning. Look, I understand that the big three O is a big step for people. Hey, I, hey, hey. It is a big step, and when I get there, it'll be even bigger. Oh yeah, when you get there. Mm. There you go. What's up? What were you looking up again? Schumacher the Champagne. Oh yeah, we were learning something, John. That's what we were doing. Champagne is really the beer of wine. Okay, so it's not like a thing thing like I thought it was. Oh? Because I know it because a band sang about it. band called the Wombats. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's like a phrase that I didn't know before. Kind of like Pound of Flesh. Other f- so I was like, cool. I can now use this later in life. Apparently that is not it. They just kind of... I don't want to say made it up, but they want to make it a trend. Oh. Schumacher the Champagne never needed good cause to celebrate. He explained the song title to the sun, like the sun as in like a newspaper, and he said, A friend of mine in Liverpool mentioned the phrase to me, Schumacher is a verb. Well, it's not yet, but I hope it will become one. The idea of blasting a champagne cork in the air and spraying the foam in your face, even though you came in last, you know, felt quite exciting. Okay. So, like, see, another way that it was explained to me is that, like, it was a thing of self-pity. But this is like, yeah, no, shit. We just celebrate just because. So this is, like, a personal cause for you that you want to promote, and that's why you're bringing it up? No, we were talking about champagne. But, yeah, it is named after... Where are we? Where uh, are we? An F1 driver. Because, um, um, from what I understand, Schumacher is actually a pretty good F1 driver, and rather famous from the few times that I watch F1. Clearly, uh, let's see... German motor racing driver Michael Schumacher made a surprise That's return the one. To, F- to F1 at the age of 41. Clearly past his best, Schumacher failed to win a race, obtain a pole position, a place on the podium, or the fastest lap. Despite the relative failure of his comeback, he retained the respect of his fellow drivers and still had cause to celebrate his motor racing co- career. And it says Spanish F1 driver Fernando Alonso said of the German legend, He will always be super class. If the car is right, he will be a contender that will- we will fear the most. I really hope to, at some point in my life, be described as a super class and the contender we will fear the most. <laughs> yeah, same here. I want to be described in that in any circumstance. PTA meetings, nursing home. Nursing home. They, they will describe me in a nursing home as super class and the competitor that we fear the most. Interesting. All this learning, and we haven't even gotten to a segment yet. We did do Sorry. one segment. No, we, did we? What are we doing? That's not a segment. What? 
Don't, don't pull, I'm pulling the wool out from people's eyes. What are we doing is not a segment. I think, it, I think it's a segment. I think it stands the test of time. You know what we're doing? What? Learning about F1 racing. Tell me about castles, Henry. Castles? I what? think it's something about the automated system in an F1 car. No, that's Kurs. You're thinking, uh, okay, you're confused, because castles are large metal buildings with tons of windows plated on the side of them, like you can find in cities like New York. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I've, uh... I see. So, like, the turrets on these castles are, like, the slits, so, you know, archers can shoot out. Oh, you're thinking of gargoyles. Yes. Gargoyles, the animated series. Of course. Yes. You know... They live in New York, so... Have you guys ever been in an oubliette? Is that like an Uber, but fancy? Uh, yeah, it's a no, hole... it's the toilet in the Uber. The ah. <laughs> Actually, it, it is like that because it's a hole in the ground that you put prisoners in and forget about them until they die. It's from French French castles, and French dungeons had oubliettes, also known as the forget-me-hole. <laughs> What? John? Yeah? Weren't we talking about F1 cars? Okay, so let's get back to talking about F1. So F1s jump oubliettes. <laughs> yeah. And oh, then they yeah. pour the champagne down mm. on the prisoner. You know, they, everyone forgot. They're like, open up the champagne, pop into the oubliette to feed the prisoners who will die. Snap. At least they die drunk. Welcome to my house. It has an oubliette. <laughs> I mean, is that worse than a basement? <laughs> is an oubliette worse than a basement? Yes, for lack of stairs. Well, it's like a basement that once you enter, you can never escape. And as anyone who has I ever mean, been like, in a basement knows, you want to escape as soon as possible. Unless I mean, there's a pool table. You know, you got like Buffalo Bill, like it puts lotion on its skin. So is that, was that an oubliette or a basement? I'd call that a nouveau oubliette. A nouveau if you will. Wait, what was... Okay, in The Dark Knight Rises, there was that prison that was a pit in the ground. Was that an oubliette? Yes, massive oubliette. Even though it was outside? You know, he had that speech where he's like, I lived in the oubliette, you merely adopted it. Yeah, we all remember that rousing part from The Dark Knight Rises. You know, seriously though, I do enjoy watching sports that I have very little knowledge of, which is most. Does any anyone have a segment? <laughs> I mean, I feel like that was a pretty good segment of, like, sports we don't know anything about, but we're going to talk about anything, and then vague references to that said sport from a band that no one knows about. Yeah, Wombat. Yeah, like, the Wombat. Wombat. That actually reminds me of my first segment, as a matter of fact. Oh, what's the call of it? I have a brand new segment called Sports What About It? Do we want to workshop that name? Okay, let's punch it up. All right. How can we fix... I thought it was pretty perfect. How about sports? What are you doing? Oh, that's pretty good, Maddie. Um. What? Sports? Okay. That's fine. Sports with a question mark. For democracy's sake, I'll combine the two. Sports? What are you doing? <laughs> is the name of the segment. All right, sounds good. I feel good. like we should say it like a disapproving like white mom instead. <laughs> like, sports? What are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's kind of like a come on that you'd be like, sports? What are you doing? Come on, sports. That's the full title. Are we chastising sports <laughs> or are we questioning sports? We are. We're I chastising, it, berating. We're berating you know. them. <laughs> all right. We're, we're doing both, all right. honestly. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give all of us a sport, and we must say how it is played to the best of our knowledge. Oh, oh man. Okay. okay. 
All right. So that was weird. Jeez. Henry, what's up? Baseball. Okay, but wait. What if I know how baseball's played? Like, all to right. A, to then a, tell us what are it doing to a T. How oh, like T ball? <laughs> <laughs> so in the sport of baseball, eleven guys are on a field. Yes. And then eleven other guys are in a dugout, which is kind of like an oubliette with stairs. And so uh, like a basement. basement. Yeah. <laughs> like a basement. Yeah, yeah. It's like a mini basement. And uh so the, the the team that's on the field, they're on the field. And the oubliette basement team, they send one guy out at a time to try to hit a round like leather sphere with a wooden bat or a, I think an aluminum bat but neither can be hollow oh the, nor corked from my understanding either you're right and uh what they don't tell you is the real game happens in the locker room where everyone juices up like pomegranates yeah pomegranates that they've like concentrated into steroids <laughs> That they then just inject right into the bloodstream. And is that how baseball is played? Pretty much, although I forgot about The Art of Fielding, which is a book. I love that book. It's by uh, Marcus Suzuk. Is that right? Nope. <laughs> That's the book thief. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, The Art of Fielding, which I think is about a, is a fictional book about... <laughs> It has something to do with a guy who plays like a right fielder and the troubles he goes through, which is, that's half the, half of each game is recreating scenes from that book. Right field's a bitch. Right? I, that's what I played because that's where you go if you have no talent. Aww. Left, yeah, well. left field's so easy, you guys. Uh, quick fact. Uh, you talked about pomegranates being turned into the steroids. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost all exogenous testosterone that athletes inject, or just people who lift weights inject, made from wild yams. Interesting. Is that true? It is true. An, so en- an enzyme in wild yams can uh, be turned into a processable form of testosterone in the human body. So steroids are vegan, then? They are. A lot of... Well, no. <laughs> testosterone is sometimes. There's a bunch of steroids out there. That's it. A Wait, bunch. Testosterone, isn't that produced by a living animal? It is, but it's all about creating a compound that your body can turn into a different compound. Oh, it's like feeding it protein to make hair like a lot of people have been taking the steroid that's like it's a thing that you take that's like human growth hormone but all it does is it makes your pituitary gland produce human growth hormone it's not actually eating human growth hormone (laughs) okay it's just making your body do more of this thing that it already did that's like drinking milk to make bones instead of eating bones (laughs) you're so right (laughs) all right we're off baseball all right uh, so, Maddie, I'm going to come at you with a sport, and you have to tell me how it's played. Okay. Now, I'm going to admit that Henry got a pretty hard one with baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, yours is going to be kind of softball, because it's Hyalai! Uh, Hyalai! <laughs> yep. Yes, Hyalai is the ancient Roman sport where they climb up to the highest point and they lie there, and whoever lies there the longest wins. But see, here's the other thing. You're on this high area where you're lying, and you have to roll around. Like, you can roll around, like, those little battle tops and, like, <laughs> knock each other off. And whoever, like, you can either both stay there and see who's the longest, or you can try and kick your opponent off. So, like, Highlander the movie was actually based on High Life, because <laughs> there can only be one. Oh, because it's... It's a common, as the French would say, uh, what is it, uh, 
when you when you sacre bleu. No, it's like a it's like a rendezvous when you make two words shorter because it used to be Highlander. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um. So I have a question. When you say they lie there, do you mean at the top of this of this high be- place? Of the, at the top of this high place, do they just lie about themselves, or do they lie down? No, they, like, lie down, okay. and then that's how they knock each other off, they roll around. That sounds amazing. Like, you actually can't stand at all. So oh, they're, I... like, pushing each other on the ground. It's weird. It's, like, this high thing with, like, a plateau on the top, mm-hmm. oh, and that... they just, like, roll. So the strongest roller is the winner. I mean, as That's in... also where they get, like, the high rollers from. As in all sports, the strongest roller is indeed the winner. Yes. Now, with this perfect accurate uh, description of Hyalai. Now I must be quizzed a sport, but it would be unfair to give myself a sport. Okay. For I know what how that sport would be played. Just by knowing the sport? But if someone can else give me... <laughs> someone can else? If someone else can give me a sport, I will then describe it. Alright. Water polo. Yes, Henry? Water polo. Shit. Uh, <laughs> Alright, so the way water polo is played is much like land polo, which is much like horse golf. So you get men wearing a specific kind of collared but non, non-buttoning shirt, and you put them on a horse and you give them what's called a polo stick and then they ride around and they they hit these these balls i'm explaining land polo oh, of course oh great so these people on these horses they hit these balls and much like golf you try to get a hole in one on the opposing team's hole or basket or hoop if you will and once you score a hole in one you've won and water polo as we all know, is when you take these same people on these self-same horses and you equip the horses with wetsuits and you put them in a pool and you have them fight. Fight? Yes. <laughs> so gone is is the object of trying to, like, How are you up. going to hit a ball in the water? Do they keep the sticks? Uh, does who keep the sticks? The... The people. There are no people. The athletes. It's just horses in wetsuits fighting. Wait, no, but you said you take the guys and their self-same horses. Oh, they're swimming in a different area of the pool. They're just doing laps. They're in the kiddie pool? Alright, they're in the kiddie pool doing laps. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, is there like a requirement that they keep doing laps while their horse is in? They have to work as hard as the horse does. And Now, is that valued or is that evaluated by a judge? Yes, it is stringently judged and no one knows how. Oh, so there's no... If I wanted to hold my own water polo tournament at like the local pool, I couldn't. You could if you hired a water polo judge, which cost millions of dollars. Alright, that sounds about right. Is that accurate? I had I had a cousin who played water polo, and that sounds about right. Good. I'm glad. You know, synchronized swimming is a sport at the Olympics. And no, no, this is an actual thing. I was actually paying attention to synchronized swimming and the amount of, uh, of artistry and, like, actual physical talent that goes into it. People shit on that sport way too much. Look, I'm not saying I saw a small Japanese kid with his synchronized swimming team perform Frozen's Let It Go, and he was doing, like, ice powers stuff, and they would, like, pop their legs up to make ice spikes. I'm not saying I saw that, and that was the coolest thing ever, but I agree. People should stop giving that sport 
a hard time. You know what else like is a sport that shit on a lot is cheerleading because oh. a lot of people are like cheerleading's not a sport. They just stand on the sideline and do this and that. True, but see, football players are like you know they get a lot of injuries and whatnot. Cheerleaders actually die. Like so, you know, you could well, love a sport, but are you willing to die for it? It sounds like they're not very good at the sport if they're dying. Well, you know, I guess that's a good point, but it's because they do like. A lot of uh, defying things, yeah, yeah like you yeah. know, because no, if they just like are caught wrong, they can break their neck. Yeah, it's a, it's a dangerous sport. That, yeah. that was more of a joke than a. No, I took it as a joke. It's I'm, okay. I mean, from my understanding, there are cheerleaders who refer to themselves as aerials, as in they're the cheerleaders who are light enough and fit enough to be thrown through the air and do tricks. Yes, and it is uh, extremely difficult. And in fact, uh, I think that we should be more open with the things that we call sports because yeah. I think that people are like, ah, oh, football is a sport. But cheerleading isn't like screw you. I you know what else should it be takes a sport? Some athletic prowess to be a cheerleader. You know yeah. anything that takes athletic prowess, like even dancing, should be called a sport. Well, see, here's my thing: is like they consider gymnastics like a sport, exactly. and cheerleaders do a shit ton of gymnastics. Yet it's not a sport. You know what should be a sport? Couch surfing. Professional wrestling should be considered a sport. It really should. These people die performing extremely difficult acrobatics with no safety net. Are we talking about, like, the world wrestling? The world wrestling, what do they call themselves? World wrestling entertainment. Yes, the world wrestling. That's actually when the referees come out. Like, that's the secondary network they have about all the referees and how they, like, manage. Like the guy who's like, let's get ready to rumble. It's Bruce all about Buffer. his life. Bruce Buffer. He's but, got that trademark, yeah. actually. It's true. Yeah. But, really? Uh, yeah. But no, I mean, professional wrestling should be a sport. I absolutely think it should. I think it's sports entertainment. I think there it there does need to be a line drawn because they no one denies their athletics, but they're not actually taking the full brunt of all the hits that they take. Yeah, but people have died. I mean, people have died. No, it's, back when it was considered a sport. The 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 thing that makes professional wrestling not be considered a sport is the fact that they are portraying a reality that does not necessarily exist. Yeah, but you cannot deny the fact that they take risks, have a ton of athletic prowess, and are in, like, peak physical condition. So are stunt doubles. Yeah, yeah. So let's say, so would that be more of, like, they're just, like, a stunt double? Because stunt doubling isn't considered a sport, and I wouldn't consider it a sport. Consider it a so sport. So it's like they're just, like, heavy-duty actors. Yeah, sure. Now, now I'm, I'm, I would be down to watch the stunt double, like, Olympics. I would be down to watch a series of events of these people Honestly, doing crazy I, stunts. I would be down to watch a reality show about stunt doubles. Yeah. Shit, we should pitch that to TLC. All right, listeners, to, don't, don't, don't listen to this podcast. Part. We're yeah, gonna don't, workshop our, don't our take our idea. Yeah, we're gonna workshop this this what channel did you say? TLC. Don't they do all the reality shows? The, yeah. ten, the tender loving channel. The tender loving channel. The tender loving channel. Tender loving care. No, the channel? tender loving channel. I thought, I thought it, it was. I thought it was TLC channel. Like, it's actually tender the learning care. channel. No Are shit. They should actually stand for the learning channel. They haven't rebranded from that yet. Like, history has rebranded itself from history channel to history. They should just call themselves the lascivious channel. Because everything's straight lascivious. Yeah, that's mad lascivious, bro. You know... You know what lascivious means. You're or in you English. can, like, simplify it for our l- listeners who don't well, know what lascivious means and just say the lust channel. The lewdness channel. The lewdness channel, yes. The lewdness or lutiness? <laughs> the loot channel. <laughs> loot. Give me the loot. Give me the fucking loot. Oh, you guys are talking about an instrument? I was on money. Sorry. Well, <laughs> if you play the loot, you get loot. 
Mm-hmm. And if you get loot, you buy loot. And then it's just a feedback loop. <laughs> feedback loot. Jesus Christ, I man. all of us. Oh, but... Um, Professional wrestling is cool. Maybe don't consider it a sport, but don't say that it ain't shit. Well, I, I think it's like no other sport portrays a reality that is not the truth. No other sport <laughs> is trying to, like, you know, pull wool over people's eyes. All the feats in sports are are real. Mm-hmm. Not saying, you know, not, not, that's yeah, not what I, I mean, but you know what I'm trying to say. There is a high risk for wrestling, just like there is a high risk for stunt doubling. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's why, I mean, obviously why they don't let celebrities do their own stunts. Exactly. I mean, some do, but, you know, there's a risk factor there. But I feel like that would be more on the side of acting and entertainment rather than it being like a sport. I which guess is I, weird. I guess I just want professional wrestling to be considered like genuinely athletic and worthy of praise for being that because when people are like ah it's fake they throw it's like it's a legitimately dangerous thing that these people are doing and like maintain top physical condition for so maybe don't shit on it it's dumb it's super dumb well i think it's it's gaining more prestige i mean it was just announced today that allison brie is going to be in a 10 episode sort of a season thing about like the the hardships of women wrestling Mm -hmm. on netflix Nice. Um, I don't know the name of the show. I don't even know if it has Allison a name. Allison Brie, the new Captain Marvel? No. Or, no. You're thinking of... Brie Larson. Brie Larson. God damn it! Yeah, Allison Brie's the, the one from Mad Men and Community. Oh, okay. It's easy to confuse... I do the same... It's easy to confuse yeah, these cheese ladies. Yeah, well, cheese ladies... <laughs> Wait. Yeah, oh, Brie. Yeah. I, okay. No, oh, just... what? why are you clapping? I'm clapping to let Maddie know that she shouldn't slap her leg. Oh, <laughs> Because sorry. it makes an edit point. Oh, well. That oh. would be hard to edit. That's a good reason to clap. Back into it. Sorry. Cheese ladies. Cheese ladies. Sorry, cheese ladies. I don't mean to slap my leg. But see, like, the thicker <laughs> sound wave, you know, is John. Yeah. And see, last time I wore jeans, so this wasn't a problem. I've anyway. got hands that are thicker than your legs. Guys... Guys, fourth wall. Maintain it. Sorry. Oh, God. Patch it up. Back to what I was saying. Yeah. Wrestling's getting, it's getting up there. It's its entering sort of the conversation of like, how do we look at women and stuff like that? And I, I, I haven't seen SummerSlam, but apparently SummerSlam was okay. You're gonna see it. I want to see it. I mean, there's a there's a whole thing. You're gonna see it. I want to see it. You're gonna see it. Okay. But no, there was a time when when women wrestlers were treated in an absolutely awful, pandering way, where they would just be women wearing like bikini tops, foxy boxing. eye candy. Yeah. Basically. They 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 weren't pressured to have any amount of skill. They just kind of existed to be leered at. Whereas today, there's legitimate, like talented, passionate women in the like women. In the ladies or women's matches, whatever they're called now. They they actually changed the name of the league, which is great. Yeah. But, I mean, the fact that they're being represented more fully, and sure, they're still scantily clad, but in a weird way, it's this, like... But now they're muscular. But no, that, now they have pants. Yeah. Like the one uh, with the candy-colored hair. She has, like, pink hair. I don't know her she name. Wears, I mean, she has bikini uh, top, but she wears pants. And used to, it used to be all, like, bikinis and short shorts. So, mm-hmm. I mean... That's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, kind of like uh, with Wonder Woman when they finally gave her pants in the comic book series and they were like, yes, pants are more functional. 
Thank you. I mean, like so. the thing the thing with women wrestlers at this point in time, it's this almost egalitarian like lewdness where you have men who are dressed in nothing and women who are dressed in comparatively nothing. They're kind of at similar states of undress, which is kind of fair. And see, I think the, like that these progressive-ish changes that they're making is putting it back into the like the, the conversation and people are starting to pay attention again. So I don't know if we need to elevate it to sport because I feel like it's kind of doing okay on its own. Yeah. As I, sports entertainment. I guess I've just been carrying this torch for so long that maybe I don't actually see that the world is accepting professional wrestling as kind of being this thing. That... More articles are being written about it like every day. Yeah. yeah, there was actually one I saw the other day on Facebook. Yeah, no, professional wrestling. I can understand that because I have been that way about cheerleading. Mm-hmm. Just like, I necessarily, you know, I, I was a band geek, so it's not like I was friends with cheerleaders in high school. But I mean, the cheerleaders were nice to me. And still, it's one of those things where it's like, hmm, they could like die at any moment. This is a real sport. People should take this seriously. I think and also, uh... The Disney Channel movie, Si Se Puede. Si yes, Se Puede. Means and then, yes, like, I uh, can. what was it? Kick It Up? Is that the name of the movie? I don't remember. I just remember Si Se Puede. <laughs> puede. 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 Agave. <laughs> Whatever. I think if you have a legitimate risk of dying while pursuing something you're passionate about, you should be respected. If there's, I agree. If there's been a Disney Channel movie starring a Latina lead... Yes. It, it should be considered a sport. That's the like, criteria. Can that be, like, our next segment? How, like, Disney Channel used to be on point with, like, racial diversity and calling out these problems, and now it's just... That can be our next point. Our next segment. <laughs> after these brief commercial thing that we do. Yeah, let's take a break. Yeah, break. So, little known fact about the road to El Dorado, this movie I'm holding. Elton John did the music for this. He did. Name one song from it. The Road to El Dorado. Hey, where's it go? We're on the road? No, that's not a song from it. It's not? No. Okay, wait, I've got one. Leave on. Leave on. Most forgettable music ever. Nah, the soundtrack to Tarzan is pretty forgettable. Oh, no, no, no. Can you show me? For the most part, you know why it's forgettable? It's literally just someone singing what's happening in the Um, story. Wait, no, there's also that part. You're so right. Because all the gorillas are banging past your parents. Ah, it's still recording. Yeah, it is. And that's now the entire break. No, my ass. <laughs> Have you ever had this beer? Is that? No. It's a Fruity Pebble beer. Taste it. it. tastes like Fruity Pebbles. It's better in a glass, but... It tastes like Fruity Pebbles. How? Uh, science? <laughs> Brewing magic? Uh, brewed with pride. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My little... <laughs> oh, like, it's brewed with pride. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Oh, Hey there, listeners. I, I didn't see you there in my apartment. And also, hi, John. I didn't oh, hi. I didn't see you there in my apartment. I am here. Oh, oh, Maddie, hi there. I didn't see you there in my apartment. The lights were off. Why are you guys all here? It's in- a surprise. 
is because it's your birthday. That's why we're here. We're not here for your TV. Yeah, it's happy birthday. Why are you guys both grabbing my TV? Um, it's hey, it's happy birthday. Yeah, because we like we're like yeah, let's hide behind the TV, and it was too close to the wall, so we decided to move it. And we're and still this, we're still moving it. Yeah, and the ski masks are so we could disguise ourselves in the dark. Why do you have all the listeners, and why are why are all of the listeners grabbing my stuff? Uh, they were also trying to hide behind other of your things. Are you guys are you guys for real? Wait. If this is a surprise thing, yeah, where's the cake? Oh, it's outside. You oh, should in the go- car. That's why we're moving your stuff, because it's such a big cake that we want to move it outside. And then we were going to, like, set the cake in the living room, and then all the listeners and us were going to pretend to be furniture. Oh. So that's why we have to, like, move everything out. It's like a, so, it's like a theme party where you, you yeah. take all my furniture and belongings out and replace them with yourselves. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So if you just, like, let us do this, like, go back to sleep, and we'll just do this. You know, there's just one thing. What's up? It's Friday. My birthday was on Monday. Oh! You guys are really late. Happy belated birthday! Well, it adds to the element of surprise. Because you would expect surprise on your birthday, but since it's not your birthday, we just, we, we, you know... It's like the movie Sixteen Candles. We pretended we forgot just because we wanted to surprise you later. That's Except right. In that movie, they actually forgot. That's right. Go out and buy the movie <laughs> Sixteen Candles. Oh, is this a copy of Sixteen Candles? I'm gonna I'm just gonna Six, borrow that. The classic movie Sixteen Candles. Go out and buy it today. Yeah. Also, pick up a copy of Breakfast at Tiffany's. We would have to do a whole nother commercial for that. Does she ever name that cat? That's like, not a John Hughes movie. So you just went a complete different direction. I thought you were going to say Breakfast Club, and then I was proud of you. Who doesn't own Breakfast Club? Henry, stay out of this. Get out of my house. Okay, Henry, stay here. (laughs) Okay. We'll be back. Wait, you're taking my TV! And welcome back to Zero Credits. Now, uh... From what I understand, Henry here has a question. I do. I have a question for Maddie. Yes. Um, I, I know that you are an avid Fallout Boy fan. I am. Is that, is that correct? <laughs> it is. Is it correct that they released a... How, how do you say this? Like a cover or a redo of the Ghostbusters theme? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um... Let's just start with, is that true? Can I start Let's... with another question? Who is Fallout Boy? Fallout Boy is, you know, garnered a fan base during, like, the 2005 emo pop-punk type phase of life for everybody time period. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, they they got a lot of attention because of Sugar We're Going Down and Dance Dance. However, they did actually have an album before that um, called uh, Take This to Your Grave. And then that was from Under the Cork Tree, which made them famous, got them on the radio, and they had Infinity, Infinity on High. Fully Ado, um, Save Rock and Roll, because they had a brief hiatus after Fully Ado, and then they had Save Rock and Roll, and then American Beauty, American Psycho. Okay, when did they um, write, when did they make I Write Sins, Not Tragedies? That was Panic of the Disco, which everybody gets them confused, and right. I don't understand why. So My Chemical Romance, is that like a sister band? No, or? uh, don't confuse all the emo bands, they meant something to someone at some point. <laughs> anyway... So, um, did they do a cover relaunch of the Ghostbusters theme? It's kind of like, it's a reboot, is what it's supposed to be. 
And in this sense, it's kind of like when they advertised Clash of the Titans, and everyone was like, oh man, that cool movie from my childhood, which was really my dad's childhood, and he just played it for mine, um, where they have, like, the little owl and other fun things. But instead, like, it wasn't really a reboot, it was just kind of its standalone own thing. So it's it's kind of like that in a sense, which I love Fall Out Boy, I do, I have seen them five, six times in concert now, got to meet them in person, that was fun. Um, however, I wasn't impressed with this. It was really lackluster. I think the lyrics are good, and the way it fit into the movie, it fit in the movie really well. Okay. Uh, like, whenever it was played in the movie, it was really good, but I feel like as a standalone track with them and Missy Elliott, it was just, it was a miss. Like, it was really lackluster. Um, they didn't keep any of the elements from the old one. Because, you know, people get really, um, defensive over, like, things that make them nostalgic. Like, things from their childhood. And See, this is kind of why I wanted to ask you, as okay. a fan of the band, and not eating mate, you know, yeah, not some like you know hurt boy, hurt Nancy boy in a fedora or whatever. Yeah, yeah, not 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 someone who may have had like religious ties to the the old song. Uh, oh, I mean, like, see, that's where you're wrong. I kind of do. Ray oh, Parker the, Jr. Okay, um, I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan. I even have like a proton pack backpack backpack backpack. Um. Now call it what it is, a backpack. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I, I do. I like Ghostbusters a lot, and I feel like they could have, in order to pay homage to the older track, they could have done more with it. Because, you know, everyone loves the iconic, like, Yeah. Because, like, it's just, you know, in the Ghostbusters, which they... <laughs> They had some elements of that in that. Mainly they, like, took some of the lyrics when they rebooted it. And they had the whole I'm not afraid thing, which I think is cool. It's a cool addition to it. But I feel like they could have they could have done more to acknowledge the old and, like, do that. And instead of just making its whole thing, its whole, like, own thing, I guess. Okay. Just because, like, I don't know, when you think of the Ghostbusters thing, you think of, like, a certain, you know, you think of a certain tune. You think of certain lyrics. And they did have some of those lyrics in there, but you think... You do. You think of the tune. It's iconic, you know? It's, yeah. It's, it's the who you're going to call. It's the whole, kind of the whole... You think of the 80s synth. And see, like, the yeah. wonderful thing about Fallout Boy is uh, they actually do a cover of Beat It with John Mayer. And it's very good. Oh, man, it pays such a good tribute to Michael Jackson. And they made it more of a rock feel. And see, you know, the uh, the old Beat It had the... Yeah. And they did that, but they made it heavier. You get okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. More sound to it. And then, of course, the guitar solo was more rocky, and then Patrick Stump is a very talented vocalist. So he was running all over the place with the notes and the lyrics and things like that. The melody. That's the word I wanted. <laughs> um, so I feel like they had plenty of ways to really take this and make it a cover and do it their way. Because Patrick Stump, whenever he does talk about his influences, he does mention Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, uh, Kanye West too, actually. So... <laughs> So it's given just, given that, you would you would hope that they would do more with yeah this, because yeah. they've done so well of paying homage to a former thing because you know they have the Beat It cover which is famous but they have a lot of other really good covers and then Patrick Stump has done a lot of really good medleys uh, of different artists and then just in Fall Out Boy's boys music in general you can hear the influence of some things especially on Patrick Stump's solo album you can really hear the Michael Jackson See We Wonder influence. But yeah, I, I feel like they could have. I feel like they could have done more. It just it it is. It's very lackluster. It's just the thing that kind of lays there. 
It doesn't have, like, the in the beginning that kind of, like, hypes you up for the song. It doesn't have, like, the 80s synth. And, like I said, you don't even have to do the 80s synth. Even if they would have just made it into a guitar riff, I think that would have been fun. I mean, uh, their song Uma Thurman, they uh, actually take the guitar riff, not the guitar riff, but, like, the little riff from um, The Monsters, the TV show. Exactly. Um, And it sounds very Tarantino. So they paid homage to two different things in that instance. I Um, actually got in, in like, a really heated argument about that song because I was like, oh, they took a surf rock song and, like, they, you know, they're they're repurposing it like kind of like for t- you know Tarantino. Yeah. The song's called Uma Thurman, and so I was like, "That's the Munsters theme." I was like, "There's no way." I'm sorry. The proto Adams Family TV show. You're telling me that's yeah. their theme? And they looked it up. And anytime anyone looks something up, I'm wrong. So it was just like, well, egg on my face, but it sounds surf rockish, so yeah. my point stands. To be fair, well, though, the the tone on their guitars in that song is straight Dick Dale surf rock. Like, yeah, they they made their guitars sound like surf rock guitars. All well, right. it's like uh. Black Eyed Peas is the same thing with the, their song Pump It, and it's from the Quentin Tarantino movie with a ha, 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 and it's like the trumpets and whatnot. Okay. I don't think I've um, heard this song. You have, and it, they play it in the beginning of Pulp Fiction, I want to say. Oh, that's um, uh, that's Dick Dale's um, Miserloo is the name of that song. I've heard, I've heard that song. Yeah, I haven't it's like heard. The... Yeah. yeah. I haven't like... heard the Black Eyed Peas Pump yeah. It song. I've heard that song. I, really? I think it was on the radio at, like, one point. But yeah, they, they sample that song. I'm not a yeah, big so music guy. It's kind of like one of those things where they, like, take it and they sample it and then, like, it turns into its own thing. And I just, I do, like, there's nothing wrong because this Ghostbusters film in itself stands out. All woman cast. The guy is the eye candy, like, the dumb eye candy receptionist, which I yeah. thought was a hilarious social commentary. And, like, good on Chris Hemsworth for being a part of that. Of course. Um, and he's, yeah, I mean, he's, he's got to do something between Thor's. Yeah, between Thor's. Um, between but, yeah, like, Thor's. I thought it was an excellent social commentary, and you want it to be this movie that stands out on its own. And I think it did a good job of that. Like, they called it a reboot for a reason. A lot of people were like, how dare you mess with this, this, or that. But I feel like the cameos they had, they weren't gratuitous. You know, I felt like they had a good set of cameos, um, and it didn't detract from the movie. Like, that celebrity being there didn't, like, turn the plot point or turn the focus off from the women that were in it. It's not like a scary movie where it's just like, oh, there's a celebrity for no reason, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very good standalone film. Um, for me, Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones are amazing. Um, Kate McKinnon actually makes the movie for me. Her character is hilarious, and all the things they do with her character are great. And then, of course, Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy are pioneers on their own. Oh, yeah. Um, and they do very well. Like, Kristen Wiig, you know, started on uh, SNL and has done well for herself since especially like breaking the boundaries of comedy I want to say you know like she's not like your standard and Melissa McCarthy and Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones you know they're not your standard all-american super beauty or whatever like you know Tina Fey's pretty hot like Tina Fey's pretty attractive you know so everybody loves Tina Fey but um I think it was a very good step for women and I think it was a very good standalone movie all right like the fact that you had so many cameos and that these celebrities weren't like offended by the reboot you know I feel like the fact that they're promoting it like you should get behind it too Okay. I feel like for all the talking we've done about Ghostbusters, Henry, we probably should see it at some point. Yeah, probably. Probably. Oh, you haven't yet? Nope. 
We haven't really talked about it on the show. We talked about it for a good, like, 20 minutes at one point. Um, That's not a lot. Kate McKinnon's great. I I yeah. love her. Um, For the listeners out there, she has a skit on SNL called um, Alien Abduction. Yep. Ah, yes. It's uh, fantastic. It is absolutely fantastic. She breaks Ryan Gosling. Um, mm-hmm. I encourage all of you to watch it. Kate McKinnon is an angel. Um, so also, go see Ghostbusters. It's probably going to be funnier than you expected it to be. So there's your homework. First, go go see. First look up Kate McKinnon's SNL skit Alien Abduction, then go see Ghostbusters wherever. Break into people's houses. Do do whatever you need. I actually think the name of the skit is Close Encounters. Okay. It might be. I just, if you like YouTube, like SNL Alien Abduction, it's gonna pop up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, you know... Wasn't Matthew Perry at a thing relatively recently where he was, he was discussing, not discussing, he was... Whether or not women were funny. He was saying in front of a podium how, uh, how generally speaking, male critics are saying, oh, Kate McKinnon and Kristen Wiig, oh, they're, they're great, and people are finally starting to give women a fair shake in the comedic world. He's like, oh, I guess Carol Burnett was never funny, or Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Or Lucille Ball. Or Lucille Ball. Yeah. He's like, I don't think 2016 is the year that women became funny it's just the year that critics got their heads out of their asses and admitted it It, it's true i mean you watch julia louise dreyfus and anything and she just she's she's the center of attention most of the times which i don't mean to correct you but he actually said this is the year that men got their heads out of their asses well let's let's pivot to critics um (laughs) i know like i get it because i i'm not a man hater by any sense but you know there are a lot of male critics especially in the entertainment industry and i also think, you know, Matthew Perry's iconic comedian in his own way because of Chandler and Friends and that legacy. So I feel like, yes, you have used your privilege and your stance to make aware the lack of privilege around you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that the right way to use privilege? To to try to even things out? I don't want to... Maybe not privilege, but it's like, it's like, hey, like, you have, like... Oh, man, what is the best way to do this? Um, Okay, so you have, like, this... You have these things that other people don't? So I guess, yeah, yeah, it would be considered privilege. So you're using the fact that you have this stance or you have this pull with the people around you because he is a white male and he is a famous comedian from a very beloved sitcom. So, you know, he is using that position to say, hey, I'm a funny guy. You think I'm a funny guy and I'm telling you that these women are funny. So people might look at that and say, huh, I guess these women are funny. If Matthew Perry said it. (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, I, I think if you're handed a bigger magnifying glass than everyone else, don't point at yourself point at the people that you legitimately feel aren't being appreciated yeah like if if you're given like scope and reach to communicate with people you should do that to get people appreciating the things that you appreciate that you feel are underappreciated yeah be them women or that video of that dog that presses down on a squeaky toy and then sings with it. <laughs> I have not seen that. It's pretty great. What? It's dog music. Dog music. Uh, but no, I I know. Definitely true. And I think that a lot of the women aren't funny thing doesn't really come from the, the like layman appreciator of comedy. The women aren't funny thing tends to most disgustingly come from male critics of comedy and male, and male comedians. comedians. It, it really comes from that. Like, fish rots from the head on that one, where people generally get this impression that female comedians are not funny because male comedians tell them they aren't and have been telling them that for decades. No, I agree with that completely. Um, it's, you know, 
know, these past two years have definitely been like the year of women. This past year in itself has not just only been the year of women, but the year of POC, basically. It's just, it's been a revolution for everybody, which is good, and it's awesome. Um, well, it's, it's, it's about time that, like, everyone, you know... Is, actually is equal? Actually equal, <laughs> you know? It's like we've been saying it for a decade. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, now people are actually, like, doing things... To make it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if no one does anything, nothing changes. Well, the crazy thing to me is, like, any time that, a, like, a woman speaks out about these injustices, like, for example, Leslie Jones got the shit end of the stick when it came to Ghostbusters. I don't know, like, if you guys followed that whole story. It's because she managed to upset racists and sexists <laughs> by existing. Um... And Listeners, it- for those of you who don't know, uh, Leslie Jones uh, was an African-American woman in uh, Ghostbusters, and she played um, just a person who worked on the subway and helped the whole team. And the whole thing that's been happening to her is she's been getting hate mail. Uh, people have hacked her, her Twitter account, and they've actually send her, sent her, like, pictures of herself, like, covered in semen and gross things oh, like that. Like, God. it's just, it's been absolutely terrible. It's been exactly, as he said, racist and sexist. And the really sad thing is it's... It's still happening. Like, her website was taken down within the last week. Yeah, she also shut down her Twitter, too. Just because people are ridiculous. Well, I mean, the thing about cyberbullying is that if you're not online, it can't happen. Yeah. So it's like, the most, like, defensive thing you can do is take yourself away from the bullying. The only thing is, like, as a comedian, as an actress, you need a Twitter account. Yeah, you need social media. Exactly. It's part of the job is promoting the projects and promoting all the people around you. And so it's like, this is hurting her livelihood. And I mean, a lot of it comes down to bullies are, by definition, insecure. Like cowards. That's... That's where bullying comes from, so... Because, I mean, when, like, none of these people would go up to this actress and actually be like, Ah, you suck, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they're but, but, I mean, like, if, yes. if you think about a movie like Ghostbusters, a movie exists fully within the wheelhouse of someone who has these feelings, who is, like, a sexist and a bigot. Maybe not, you know, they're, they're not out there, like in the KKK or posting on the red pill or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But they, they harbor these feelings kind of subconsciously because they're shit people. But when you take something like Ghostbusters, which is very well-revered and kind of ticks all their boxes for being something they can enjoy and doesn't infringe upon the things that make them uncomfortable, when you get someone like Leslie Jones, who is like a female person of color being in this thing that has remained sacred to them for so long, their defense of it is going to be so much stronger and vicious and virulent than someone who enjoyed Ghostbusters just because it was funny. Because if you have so few things you can enjoy because you are a closed-minded asshole, when someone seemingly attacks the thing that you hold dear... You will react to it pretty badly because you're a maladjusted shitheel. Well, my thing that I don't like is even people who consider themselves open-minded are closed-minded in ways they don't realize. And that uh, is a good thing because I don't want to say anyone's closed-minded in the sense of like it causes a negative connotation. I don't want to say that anyone's inherently racist. However, someone that I know was like, well, look, I wasn't looking forward to seeing Ghostbusters because feminism's like the new thing. Like, Hollywood studios are putting women actors in the lead just because it's trendy. I get that. I get what you were saying. But also, when I spoke to this person, I replied and said, whenever you are so used to privilege, 
other people getting equal rights feels like a form of oppression. Mm -hmm. And the best metaphor that I can give is uh, this person was talking about how they were a waiter and how every time they like were walking down the aisles, there was another waiter that they would always move out of the way for. And then one day they were just like, why do I move out of the way for him so much? And they ended up colliding and that guy freaked out. He was like, what the fuck is your problem? Yelled at him in front of customers. So the moral of the story is, is like, even though all he was doing was walking in that space, just like that guy was, since he bumped into him by accident, this guy suddenly views it as a form of oppression. It is kind of like that thing with, uh, you know, being like, well, I feel like the trend is to make everything feminist. It's like, oh, well, people are caving to the angry feminist or the angry black women or, you know, insert other thing here for all that's going on in 2016. But it's really like, yeah, because when you're ignored for so long, eventually you're going to get angry about it. You know, you can have peaceful protests like Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. Um, or like Gandhi or this, that, and the other, or like, but you know, once that goes ignored for so long, you're going to have to start screaming. (laughs) But, and and the thing is like, if the status quo was to not, if we're trying to really equal it out, then you focus it until it equals out, you know? Exactly. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's all, uh. A lot of this boils down to, and I hate to be this dude, a lot of it boils down to, like, early communist literature talking about the status quo as this thing that exists, because it exists, because the status quo is a construct of almost unconsciously held beliefs. The status quo is, it's society as we know it. And, you know, if you put a lobster in boiling water and you boil slowly, it doesn't notice that the water's getting hotter. So we exist in the society that we view as normal because it has certain prejudices that are, like, baked into our minds, and we accept these on a daily basis, you know. We get out of the way of that waiter because that's just how it works. But then when the status quo is challenged and people represent a reality that's not in line with what we think is normal, we think it's abnormal, and because we're human beings, we want to run away from things that want to hurt us, and usually things that want to hurt us upset our way of living, we're like, oh, this is this is awful what's happening. This is happening at the exclusion of me. This is going to kill me. I'm mad. You know, yeah. the, the status quo is a dangerous thing. Because we all exist within a version of the status quo, and we have to make yeah. choices every day to be like, maybe we should question the status quo. Like, why do we make decisions that we do? Well, the thing to me is, like, you know, we're not the majority anymore. Or, well, we are, but, like, are we actually? Who's we? Uh, white people. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, like, you mean across like, the entire world? No. No, not across the entire world. But in America, uh, you know, our, I don't think we're the majority. I think it's split pretty evenly between us and POC. Mm. But it's just kind of like, you have this group of people who's almost like the same amount as you, even maybe more than you, because I'm bad at statistics and this is called zero credits and I have none. There you um, go. She's, she found it. Yes, Perfect. found it. Found my moment. Truly, <laughs> this is the greatest moment. I'd like to thank the Academy. Um, but anyway, you know, and, and like, you have this majority, and they're slowly coming up, and more people are getting upset about it. And then you have people who are just like, well, white privilege doesn't exist. And, you know, we've already given them so much. They're just oh being greedy. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. That argument comes like, up. I, segregation oh. was 50 years ago. No, segregation is still a real thing. And uh, I actually had this discussion with... Uh, because we were talking about the Academy Awards and how so many black artists were uh, protesting against Academy Awards. And was like, well, I don't see why, because you have all these great black actors. And I was like, well, you know, when's the last time one of them won an Oscar? And he was like, plenty of them have won an Oscar. And I think it was like someone like Forrest Whitaker back in the 80s was the last time a black man won an Oscar for mm-hmm. a lead role. Wow. 
And he was like, because a lot googled it for us and he was like reading off the list and i was like no no no. did they win or is that nominations and he was like oh these are nominations yeah the, oh okay the, <laughs> the last the, person who won was yeah the academy loves to give awards to movies featuring black actors but not black actors themselves mm-hmm. 12 exactly. years a slave won now the the actor from 12 went uh 12 wins a slave 12 years a slave win i, I don't know if it's Forrest Whitaker, the answer is no. I mean, <laughs> Stop. <laughs> but, um, also, I don't know. I'm not shitting on anything you've said. No, but I, I think that it, it tends to be an oversimplification where people, uh, they, they split lines saying like, oh, white people are no longer the majority because over 50% are now POC. And that's that's a fair point. But for the most part, uh, privilege and what people can exercise as privilege between different kinds of color or people of color is different. You know, it, it is a gradation because white people... We're all kind of the same. But, yeah. you know, the, the, the struggles that face, like, uh, you know, black communities, Latino communities, very different. It's it's difficult to lump them together. Then you have things like you get in dangerous positions like saying African-American, which is uh, an effectively inherently racist term. Like Native yeah. American is and a racist see, that's term. Like, you know, we're having this conversation. I've said black people multiple times. I feel bad about saying that, but I also feel just as bad about saying African-American. It's the best thing you can use. Don't say African-American because it's racist. Oh, okay. Right. Well, cool. African-American I feel is better it, now. African American is a racist simplification. Say black people. All right, but I know generally it's speaking, true, it could be Haitian. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe a lot of things. Anyway, whatever. But Ooh, yeah, all this stemming from one question. Yeah, about yeah. follow-up boy. Sorry, no, um, not sorry. To go there. No, uh, this is some deep shit. I like mapping out conversations, and this was one of the funnest to map out. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a real problem, and. Again, it's uh, the thing I'm tired of hearing. Uh, uh, let me give my thoughts. The ta- the thing that I am tired of hearing is the feminazi, which we started by with the women aren't funny, blah, blah, blah. You know, if I'm sitting there saying like, no, women are funny. It's like, oh, you're a feminazi and you're crazy. No, I'm not. I'm just a person who's saying like there are genuinely funny women out there. Also, in our list of women earlier, we forgot Fran Drescher because I loved the nanny of, as a childhood. Like, yeah, John. I don't, I don't forgot think, Fran Drescher. I don't no, think the nanny Matt is Carey, a particularly uh, funny show. No, I love the nanny. Are you serious? Which is weird because like the nanny had a lot of like patriarchal stereotypes. What was the name of that guy? <clears throat> Mr. Mr. Sheffield. Mr. Sheffield. Yeah, Mrs. Sheffield. I don't know like, what uh, this is. She broke no, that vase. <clears throat> Fran Drescher, you know. Oh, Mrs. Sheffield. Curly hair. No, I'm sorry. Don't worry about it. <clears throat> Completely um, lost. But then, like, after that, you move into, like, because that's been a common argument with white people. is like, well, black people are just too angry, and they're not helping themselves by, like, causing all these riots. And it's just kind of like, wouldn't you riot, too? Like, you know, like, fuck, I would be pissed! Like, you know, if, like, cops kept, like, killing my people every day. Oh, and, you know, yeah. The thing that I hate is, like, well, you know, they kill each other in gang wars with guns and other things. You know, while we sit inside and enjoy our quinoa and fireside chats. Oh my god. Um, You know, like, that's the thing that happens, and it's just like, you're right. There are a lot of gang wars, there are a lot of Latin gangs, there are a lot of black gangs. But also, when you go to a police officer, 
That is not meant to be a thing of fear. No, you're right. And Uh, for kids, we are taught, like, police officers are your friends. They help you out. But, you know, a lot of black people look at that with fear. They do. And With what's been happening lately, I don't trust any police officer. Well, see, here's the thing. is like, I know know a lot of good police officers just because, you know, we live in a small area where you can get to know people. I am from a small town where you get to know people. But it's just like being white and people knowing my parents are things that bought me certain privileges. I am a white girl. You know, if an officer pulls me over and I'm just like, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm late to this thing. <laughs> like, normally, like, the officers are, like, really chill about it. What? It happens. Yeah. Privilege. Yeah, like, yeah breasts and crying. Like, who knew? Jesus. Um, I get tickets. Every time I cry and expose my breasts. <laughs> more tickets. Yeah. It's more tickets. Yeah, it's uh, just more. I'm um, just kidding. But, you know, like, uh, the, the TV show Blackish actually um, addressed this really well. They were like, you know, you have on the one hand who's like, well, you know, if these the if you just obeyed the law if these people just obeyed the law and then on the other hand it's just like no like how can i feel like my kids are safe in the street and um it, it i mean it <clears throat> the sad part is it doesn't matter if you obey the law because police have shot people who are completely supine and in a surrendered position and they shoot them it's well, just like it does, seems to not matter if they're law-abiding or not. They, they're just out to shoot. Well, here's my thing. is People are like, oh yeah, well the guy he shot was a drug dealer or this or that. Just like when they say, well remember, Martin Luther King cheated on his wife. And it's just kind of like... What? Or like, Gandhi did this. Well, no one's sitting here like... No one! No, 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 these are pe- perfect. These are... POC, people of color, right? And, you know, but anytime you say, hey, Mother Teresa used dirty needles and wouldn't treat gay people, people are like, no, Mother Teresa was a saint. Or, like, if you bring up, hey, Thomas Jefferson had a bunch of, like, mixed children because he had an affair with his slaves. No, 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 our founding fathers. See, like, the thing that I think is the biggest problem about this whole, like, revolution, I guess you could say, and I I don't want to say biggest problem, it's a problem for white people, basically, is that it's holding up a mirror. It's like, hey, look at this look at yourself, look at how you treat people, and, you know, then you can sit there and say why we're angry. Okay, go ahead. I have two quick things. Firstly, I'd like to talk about psychological priming, which I think is the legitimate reason why so many innocent black people are shot. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you guys don't know what priming is, it's the idea that if you are primed with certain thoughts, if you have certain images and certain patterns, before you make a decision, it will affect your decision making. Without you realizing it, it, yeah. If you're grown up in a majority white neighborhood, black people are a strange thing to see. And... On TV, generally speaking, you see young black men committing crimes because that's what TV is portrayed for a long, long time. So when you end up in a situation where there is a potentially dangerous person of color and you have the option to shoot them, you are much more likely to shoot them than you are to shoot a white person. It's not necessarily because you made a racist choice. It's because society has turned you into a monster, essentially. And that's what we have to address is society as a whole has a very subtle, very, very awful bent against people of color. Also, the second thing I'm going to talk oh, about is social Marxism. What? <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Marxism, no. <laughs> generally speaking, is economical, but social Marxism, you were talking about how generally speaking, the, the simplification is that white people are like, well, if you're rioting, how 
how are we going to take you seriously? Yeah. Marxism is viewing history through the lens of class struggle, which is generally what history is. It's classes of people trying to, you know, be enfranchised in different ways. And I don't think there's been a single case throughout history of someone quietly being given rights. I don't think anyone just sits there and hangs out until they get rights. I mean, most societal, big societal changes are revolutions. Yeah. Which tend to be really loud, except for the bloodless revolution, but that was just a guy stepping down. True. But England. They're pansies. But, uh... Ooh. <laughs> no, those, Sorry, English listeners. Those are I don't my... think we have any of, but you know, whatever. Hey, most of our viewership's in Yorkshire. It's true. <laughs> Sorry, Yorkshire. With the rest of the hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. No, those were my two things. All Just right. addressing it with points. I think that uh, basically demonstrations are fine. Maybe don't riot, but I understand you get caught up in things, and a bunch of riots have led to really positive things throughout history, so whatever. But I also understand, too, is like, you know, for instance, Romeo and Juliet. Oh, God. Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Like, you know, blah, blah. Romeo, maybe not Romeo and Juliet, because I'm thinking opposites. Okay, dude... Who throws pebbles at the chick's window, right? With the with the the stereo. Well, not the stereo. We don't need the stereo. Not oh. in this metaphor. Okay, sorry. But you know, it's a common Hollywood trope of the guy who yeah. throws the pebbles at the girl's window. Exactly. And throwing this is a good metaphor in the sense of like he couldn't get it, her attention unless he threw stones. And it's kind of like one of those things of like if she's sleeping and sleeping hard. Okay. She's not going to hear pebbles against the glass. So, so you're going to have to f- throw a fucking brick. So society is a, is a is sleeping the girl. girl. And, exactly. And this, all of this unrest, and not unrest, but all of this need for change is the guy with the brick now. Yeah. It, um, and it's just kind of one of those things. It's like, hey, we've been throwing at your pebbles. Like, we've been throwing pebbles at your windows for so long. And you haven't heard us. You haven't woken up. You know, like, one of the hashtags now for all these movements is stay, hashtag stay woke. And she's like, it's one of those things like you haven't woken up yet you haven't even acknowledged us squeaky wheel gets the oil that whole thing like it's just it's gotten to the point now where it's been so long of doing these things the same way where it's like this isn't working but this is getting your attention so let's fucking riot all right you know like and i can understand that on a label you know i get pissed off when people don't pay attention to me and then sometimes i come out and i'm like look here's the thing. And then people are like, why are you being so angry? Why are you so aggressive right now? It's like, you've been interrupting me. Yeah. You've been mansplaining to me for this whole entire conversation. And then now finally I get a chance to talk and you're wondering why I'm I'm upset. Which, not you guys in this conversation now. But do you understand where I'm going with this? No, 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 seriously. Because you've, like... When someone is being, like, aggressively explanative or, like, interrupting, you've got two options. Be quiet or fight. Yeah. And, you know, you can't fight calmly because when you fight calmly, no one pays attention. Yeah, or you seem passive-aggressive. And then it's like, oh, well, you're being passive-aggressive, so you're not aggressive enough to, like, take on this thing, so I'm not going to take you seriously. I mean, we we all want to fight for social homeostasis. We want to... We want to keep burning the same amount of calories for the same society that we've had all our lives. It's an uncomfortable feeling being forced to do something different. And it takes something to force us into doing that different thing. Well, I think we're getting to a point where something big will happen and change will result. Yeah. I think we're in the middle of something big happening. And I could... do as well. Like, it... um, I remember I had a teacher back my sophomore year of high school. And he was like, I'm telling you. An American Revolution is coming, kids. And I'm not even saying, like, this was this old, crazy white guy. Dude was, like, 30. <laughs> this is my sophomore year of high school, so, like, what, seven, eight years ago? Oh, my God. We're old. 
Yeah, like eight years ago. <clears throat> um, but he was like, I'm telling you, a revolution is coming. It's going to be like coming at near the end of this decade. And like, dude was right. There's a revolution happening right now. And I think of that constantly. And I'm like, I swear to God, this man was psychic. I'm just uncomfortable <laughs> because in this revolution, I'll be the first against the wall. Well, see, that's why we're, we're just going to hide. Okay. We hide for ten years and emerge and be like, hey, The next revolution? Hey, well, no, 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 not, not, not that. It's like, hey, is there a space in your society for us? Yeah. Well, that's the point. It's like there's meant to be a space for everybody. Yeah. But it's just kind of like, it's, you know, um, that's like there was a big complaint back a few years ago at, you know, going into gay rights, because why not? Women's rights, POC's rights, let's, let's breach into homosexual territory too. Um, but people were talking about how gay couples were more likely to get a kid adopted than straight couples because people didn't want to seem like they were offending anybody. And then it's just like, and these people were so pissed about it and it's like, don't you get it? The pendulum has swung back the other way. And just because it's not in your favor, you know, like... So I think that's the whole thing is like, I think there is a space for everyone. Everyone should take turns. Like straight couples and gay couples were both allowed to adopt children and people were like interpreting it as gay couples getting more of a chance. But yeah. it again, if, you, if, if you're if you used to privilege and people are being treated equally, it seems like oppression to you. So I'm sure that like straight couples and gay couples were getting like equal, but for the straight couples, it was an attack on what they regularly do. Yeah. So it's kind of like that in the sense of like, you know, later from now, you're going to be like, do we even have a space? And it's like, look, you've always had a space. You know, we're not trying to knock anybody out of their space. We just want to like level the playing field. Like we want to be in that space too. Yeah. I mean, I think there is a space for everyone in a utopian society, but someone's always going to be oppressed. Someone's always going to be shit on and marginalized. And in the future, it's probably going to be a group that we're not even thinking about right now. Yeah. It's probably going to be like a group that has yet to organize and then they're going to be the ones that are shit on by everybody else because power is never equal. Renets. So do you think that a more functional society is a society with a caste system like India in a sense? Oh no, I do not. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I just, absolutely I like, sorry. do not. Like I feel, I, I guess the question that I was asking is like, do you always feel like there needs to be someone who's oppressed in order for society to function? Oh, I don't feel like there needs to, but I feel like there's always going to be. It's human nature. Is the most efficient way to oppress somebody? No, because then you have people who could be util who could bring utility to society that aren't doing it. But as human beings, we're always going to exclude people from eating our food and having sex with our women. We're always going to do that. Those who walk away from Omalos. What? It's a short story about the idea of there will always be an oppressed something. Mm. I, mean, I, I think it's true. Yes. I mean, I get it. It sounds legit to me. Like I mean, like I said, the it's people... It's sad, and we hope that like we'll become... Because, you know, like you have these moments like where you feel self-aware like i feel like we are self-aware mm -hmm. which people of color listening even if we still sound racist i swear to god we're trying not to like i swear oh, that we are trying to like be as equal as possible and like stand up for everybody um but we might be doing it in an inherently racist way that we don't know about uh it's tough. It's like, because sometimes we say things that we don't even know are racist. But anyway, point still stands. It's like, I wonder if, like, even in trying to make everybody equal, if we're still going to be, like, in racist, you know, racist, like, not meaning to. I don't I know. I mean, we're, we're going to end up at something like that. You know, the people in the future who are being oppressed might be double-jointed people. People with blue eyes. People with alopecia. People who smell like turtles. Who cares? Like, there's smell like turtles. There's going to be a group of people that we all shit on because we're human beings and we're going to do that. And we might end up with a, a perfect world from our perspective where everyone that doesn't have rights right now has rights, but those turtle-smelling people 
aren't going to have rights, and that's just how it's going to be. And I, I mean, there, there was a time when we were like, Irish people are monsters. And now, like, it's true. Uh, yeah. Irish, I mean, pe- Irish people are so integrated into white society, there's essentially no difference. And we're going to reach that point with every other group that we segregate against, and then someone else is going to be shit on. I mean, left-handed people also were shit on for a while, too. So, I mean, it's just like, I hate it, and I wish we could reach a point like that way. But, you know, like you were saying, there's always been an us and them. So I wonder if there's just, like, ever going to be a point where we feel like it's us. It's just us, and we need to fix us, because we're all this together like high school musical yep yeah all right all right and on that note i think it's time to turn the conversation over to the listener what we're empowering the listeners to contact us well i mean they've been quiet this whole time so now it's their turn to chime in and how can they chime in well they can email us they can email us at maddie what's what's our email Zero credits at gmail.com? That's right. Zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com because zero credits at gmail.com was taken. It, it really was. So I was very close. You were close. That's zero Proud credits. Of me. Zero credits the podcast at gmail.com. Or if you just want to be like a little quick, a little quick comment. Like 140 jib-jab. characters? Quick little mumble. Blurby blurb. A quick little blurby mumble jib jab. Uh, you could go to Twitters. You can send us a tweet at Maddie. Zero credits is a podcast? Nope. ZCPC WHJ. That stands for Zero Credits Podcast with Henry John. Because, like, it turns out the character limit on your Twitter handle is very short. Yeah. So we went with initials. You set me up twice, Henry. That wasn't me. Actually, it was drawn. You're right. Anyway, also, there's a third option. You can contact us on the Facebook page that Maddie made. God, Zero Credits is a podcast, or Zero Credits with Henry and John. Maddie. Either one of those on Facebook maybe will help you find what you're looking for. Maddie. What is it? Did you make a Facebook page? No! Do you not have a Facebook page? No. Oh! That was the one you thing- You set me up again! <laughs> that was the one thing you were supposed to do, that's break the, a Facebook. That's the one reason we asked you that's to like be on the show. Yeah. And, to make uh, a Facebook? To make yeah. our Facebook page for us. And uh, hit us up at uh, on Snapchat at uh, Henry. John's gonna make a Snapchat. Fuck. But until next time... We've been zero credits. Everybody's gonna know what you look like now. No one knows what we look like. It's gonna, like, ruin the whole mystery about it. They're gonna be like, oh, let me add them on Snapchat. And they're gonna be like, ew. Alright, John's bald and I'm fat. Bye! No, that's not what I meant. You're all perfect. Bye! What a hell. Alright. What hell hath we wrought upon ourselves? What hath God twat?